Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? What? That's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Hello and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast for the local church, by the local church. My name is Josh Loftus, and I'm here with my buddy Jack on this glorious, glorious Reformation Month Thursday. Yes, sir. What's going on, my man? It's lounging, lounging, lounging sir. around. Yep. It's a good day. Taking it in. Taking yes, it sir. in. Taking it all in. Yeah. This is so. I'm happy today because you're in flannel. <laughs> and I know when flannel weather happens. I feel like you were not happy when you walked in. <laughs> Jack, it's a new day. <laughs> it's a new day. Everything's great. <laughs> we're sitting here. We're together. We're. Uh, it's nice and crisp outside. It's. I just ashed myself big time. Good gracious. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, you didn't get say a, something. You didn't say something that, while I'm... You didn't get that bad. You got it right on your chair. There you go. No, you didn't get it all over yourself like I usually do and whatnot. Well, I'm so. grumpy now. <laughs> good day over. <laughs> well, we had a good run when we did, well, folks. Well, uh, thanks uh. for listening to Reformatory. <laughs> we appreciate uh, all of you guys. Um, Jack, what's happening, my man? What's what's good? Have you, have you been uh, watching Star Wars uh, Visions? I did watch that. I did watch those. Solid. It was, so I, I'm not uh, caught yeah. up yet. But it was ep two. Was it one or two? The one where the Sith is Ooh, taking care of like the village. Yeah, and she's like, it "Has it's been a while since I've killed a Jedi?" And he like pulls out like the samurai like lightsaber, dude. Red so blade, baby. Cool. Spoiler alert for all of you. Yeah, that sorry. Are to sorry. Watch I guess. I guess. Star I guess Wars we should. I guess we should have said that. I will say the Visions other one is great. The other one, the other couple episodes that are really good are the Tatooine Rhapsody. That's a little bit more cartoony, but it's definitely has a lot of good like Star Wars. Yep. Um, yep. Universe building in that, and then there's another one towards the end that's really good that has its own kind of offshoot. Uh, but man, the lightsaber that turns into like the <laughs> the the umbrella. <laughs> I just like Mary, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> I just remember back to Guardians of the Galaxy where Yondu's floating down. Oh, Mary Poppins. Dude, dude, it was so cool, though, man. 
Like it, th- that was a that was a legit up. Um, yeah. I like the. So I don't really know much about the backstory of it. Like I know they basically hired like a bunch of different Japanese studios to make a Star Wars story, yeah. right? And they're all like they're all like twenty minutes. Like they're yeah, super they're really short. Good. But most of them, at least the ones that I've seen so far, are solid. Yeah, I mean that that episode that you're talking about is kind of riffing off of kind of George Lucas's motif of Star Wars, which is I think it's called Seven Samurai. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. I'm trying to remember the director's name. He's a very famous Japanese director. Yeah, I forget. Any case, um, it very much plays into those motifs that actually George Lucas wanted to do with Star Wars and kind of riffed off of that model. And it goes into kind of some myth, uh, mythology as well, too. But that's the, man, the animation in that and the storyline, you could literally make probably a whole other season of just that alone and that's i think that's the cool thing that i think george lucas wanted to do actually when he said like i want to make all these little short films and stuff like that like i feel like that would have been a great little tie-in to do if he ever were to come back and direct i highly doubt he's going to do that since he's now kind of yeah grandpa to like he got got burned out yeah but i mean he, he like handed the reins over to to um not Favreau. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy. No, no, no. Filoni. Filoni. Yeah. There we go. Thank you. Yeah, Filoni's the protege. He's he's the apprentice that has now become the master, <laughs> and he has he has surpassed his master in all the ways. I will say yes, he definitely has done that. Plus, he's not like, eh, we need to just like you know change the color there. Have yeah. you see, have you heard George Lucas yeah, talk? Yeah, I have. He's like, yeah, eh, just you know change the color of that and just do this. Can you imagine that guy being your director? Like it's um. It's, like, crazy to think. Like, a lot of people have said, like, can you imagine if Spielberg actually directed Star Wars instead of George Lucas? Probably uh, would have been a it, little bit more... It would have been Raiders, very different. Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark vibe to it. And Indiana Jones, but... Yeah. But, you know, I'm not... Here's the thing. Here's here's the thing with George Lucas. Like, I'm not a Lucas hater. I, I, enjoy, I enjoy Star Wars as a whole. Um... I'm not the biggest fan of the 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 sequel trilogy. Yeah. Uh, just personally, but the problem with Lucas is, I am I still say, and I know I'm going to get hate for this for all the Star Wars purists, Ooh. but he writes a good story. True. The problem is when you put him in charge of the script. He's a bad scriptwriter. Yeah. He needs to be kept away from the script. <laughs> but if you keep him for the concepts and you keep him for the story. I like what he's done. The world building, he definitely is solid. Hundred percent. The problem, the main problem <clears throat> with the prequels, and again, I'm not a prequel hater. I grew up on the prequels. Like those, yeah. to me, were my those truly kind of were my introduction into Star Wars. Yeah. Were the prequels. Um, I'm an OT kid. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no hate here for me. Like <laughs> like, I got no hate. There's, there's no hate on this side of the room. But the main issues with the prequels were the dialogue. Yeah, and that was all. Oh, that was all Lucas. The worst. But but I'm like I still I still say like aside from and and I'm not a Hayden Christensen hater either, or or you know um um Obi Wan like they Ooh, I yeah. think did the best job they could have with the scripts they were given. If they if they started Anakin as a teenager though, I think the I think the storyline would have gotten would have been a little bit more better. 
Sure. Because you, sure. you would have gotten more out of that story. You probably would have had more interaction with Obi-Wan and Anakin and have seen their dynamic. But that has kind of been fleshed out through, like, the Clone Wars. You know what like I want to see? You know what I am, I'm holding out for? Oh, boy. A Clone Wars flashback in the Obi Wan series with Ewan McGregor and it's Hayden happening. Christensen leading the clones into battle. I want that so bad. Like, uh, make it happen, please. The, the over the over under on that is probably going to be. Oh, I still need to sign that too. Um, the over under on that happening is, as far as as many scenes, I say the over is going to be two scenes, at least two scenes of flashback. That happens in that. I'm just saying that. But in any case, we are here again on this glorious uh, Reformation month to now talk about and continue episode two, if you will, the five solas. <laughs> That's right. Ep two of uh, the Reformatory Reformation month. Um, so I'm assu- I mean, hopefully you caught last last episode. But yeah. if you didn't, basically we are we are interrupting kid. our regular programming to uh, bring you because it is Reformation Month, October. Um, bring you just kind of an overview, if you will, of the Reformation. Last week, uh, Jack did a phenomenal job. By the way, let me just say I went I went full tilt nerd. You on did. That you went. It was it was full nerd, but that's okay. Like we're here for it. We're here for it. <laughs> Um, we we talked about last week the the necessity for the Reformation, kind of the historical background that was going on, um, and the atrocities that were happening to the common people of the day, right? And how the church, the Catholic Church of the day, was the authority, both religiously and uh, what do you say, governmentally, if that's a word, magisterially, magisterially. Kind of, there you go. If you want to be, if you want to sound very proper, very proper, magisterium, if you will. We do. We we are proper on this podcast, Jack. We are proper Baptists. <laughs> There's particular Baptists. We're proper oh Baptists. Here we go. Now yeah. we just made enemies with about proper. half of barley. <laughs> we use the king's speech. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So we talked about the necessity for the Reformation. And what we're going to cover this app is basically what were the core fundamental theological tenets of the Reformation. Yeah. And those are commonly known as the five solas. The five solas of the Reformation were the the core beliefs that people like Martin Luther, people like John Calvin pointed back to and saying, this is what the Bible says. Yeah. If you're going to be orthodox, if you're going to claim Christ as your Savior and want to be considered a believer, bare minimum, this is what you must believe. Yeah. Right? So, and those, those truths came out of the Reformation, right? Is, is you had... Up to this point, such a such a, a, a visceral uh, what do you say a a campaigning of, of of the just shall live by works. It's faith, but it's also works. And it's, there's also like an encrusting of the gospel with 100%. a lot of a lot of stuff. We even talked about uh, last episode mainly with indulgences and uh, yielding to the priest's authority. Um, having this idea of there being barriers in between you and the person work of Jesus. So there's a lot of encrusting of the gospel, so to say. Yep. Too. Yep. And what 
came out of the Reformation, which was kind of the rallying cry of the reformers, spearheaded by Martin Luther, right, was the just shall live by faith. Sola fide. Sola fide. Yep. Right, which is, might as well just cover that first. Yeah. Is you had... And uh, and again, for, for I, I'm sure I, I'm pretty sure most of our listeners know, but sola means alone. Yeah. Right. So when we say sola fide, it's Latin. It means faith alone. Right. Mm-hmm. That faith alone in Christ is what justifies. Right. It's yeah. a faith in the work of Christ, not your efforts. Right. Not the money that you pay or the relics that you kiss or your ability to keep the law. Yeah. Right, which is what the Catholic Church was saying at the time. This is what is needed f- to be just, to be considered just before God. This mm-hmm. is what you need to do, right? And the Reformation, one of the tenets that came out of that was sola fide, faith alone, right? Yep. Um, so we're going to do our best to cover five solas in 30 to 40 minutes here. <laughs> so let's talk about faith alone real quick, right? Yep. Uh, we need to understand who the faith is in. If it's going to be valid, we need to understand what is our faith being placed in, right? Our faith is not being, and this goes even to one of the other solas as well too. Our faith is not being placed in um, the councils, or, or the confessions, or the confessions, or the or the pope, or priests, or intermediaries of the magisterium or of the church. The Catholic it's not being church. placed in Mary. Nope, it's not being done that way. Or even our indulgences that we buy. <laughs> if we were right. honestly, if we were people, if we were common folk, common folk back in the day, we would probably buy indulgences. Oh, if oh, we were well, well, yeah, with that yeah, context. because we don't know any different. Exactly, we don't have the word of God to tell us it's wrong. So, I mean, yeah, our our faith needs to be rooted in um, the works of Jesus, not in the works of us, not in the works of others, but in the works of our Lord and Savior, and so. That's that's definitely, I mean, that's bedrock right there. That's pillar right there. So, sola fide, sir. Sola fide. Yep, the faith in the works of Christ on our behalf, the act of obedience of Christ, not only the, the, not only the death that he died, but also the life that he lived. Yeah. Right? There's a reason why Jesus didn't just come to earth and die for the sins of man right away. Right? He lived the life that we needed to live. Because absolute perfection is needed in order to be seen as just before the eyes of a holy God. And we are incapable of doing that. And no matter what what anybody tells you, what the Catholic Church was telling you uh, during this time, you did not have the ability to purchase that. Yeah. It was not something that you were able to do. So sola fide, faith alone, was a confession of our inability to save ourselves and the sufficiency of the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. Yeah. Right. Which then goes into, I mean, the really cool thing about the five solas, I want to mention this before we get any, any, any more, is that they are intertwined. Mm. They are interlocked. Mm. It's very much like the five points of Calvin. You remove one, the other pillars fall. Sure. They, they, they stand together or not at all. Right. Um, so you remove one core tenant, one of these pillars of the Reformation, one of the solas, and the other four crumble because they are all based upon the truths of each other, yeah. which is the amazing 
truth of the gospel. Yeah, <laughs> that 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 it is a it is a logical, a very reasoned, a very true, uh, a, a very true belief. Um, and we need to understand that as we're going through the soul, is that you can't just cherry pick them. Yeah, just like you can't cherry pick the five points of Calvin. Like you, you can't do. You know, you have some people who are like, "Well, I'm I'm a four point Calvinist." They say it jokingly. And I understand what they're saying, yeah. But you have to take one point and take you gotta them take all, them all, yeah, or or none of them, right? Yeah. So sola fide, and then you have sola gratia, sola gratia. So faith alone by grace alone, grace alone, gratia. Yes. So it's faith in the works of Christ mm-hmm. that is attributed to us, not by our works, not by our ability to keep the law, but by grace. Mm-hmm. And that, again, flew in the face of the common belief that was being te- taught, excuse me, by grammar. Yeah. <laughs> it was being taught by the Catholic Church. Yeah. Is that that salvation was able to be purchased. Sure. That, it, that it wasn't a free gift given by God. It was something that was able to be earned, something that was able to be, to be bought. Yeah. Yeah, that goes back to even kind of what we set up as well, too, of the... The challenges of the day back then in the sense that, you know, the grace that you're given as much as the the kind of participation that you kind of put into it, so to say. So this idea of grace and works is dependent upon you. It's not so much God giving you a free gift of grace or having that conception in your mind. Um Mind you again, too, these ideas are coming to common folk people who are cobblers and farmers and do a lot of agrarian um, work as well as kind of commoner work as well, too, so to say. And and with little to no education. Exactly. So, I mean, that idea of, I mean, I just remember by grace through faith, kind of this Ephesians um, kind of modeling that we see in Scripture as well, too. Uh, of how God saves us is um, yes by grace through faith or by faith through grace I mean I think those are interchangeable like Josh said Um, but that's a huge thing because the grace that's given to us is through whom so to say and that comes to our next point sola Christus or or some people if you want to get all fancy solus christus solus christus correct <laughs> correct that is that is the proper pronunciation the proper if solus, you will solus christus which is christ alone yep right so you had in this in this time the catholic church like we were saying setting themselves up as basically the the gatekeepers of heaven sure that if you wanted to enter into heaven, you wanted to be absolved by your sins, yep. you had to come through us. Yep. You had to abide by our rules. You had to play our games. You had to buy our stuff. You have to kiss the feet of these people. You have to do this. You have to do that. And one of the key theological tenets of the Reformation was, no, 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 no. Salvation occurs through the work of one person and the decision of one person, Mm -hmm. and that's Jesus Christ. And then you even go back to, this is another thing, go back to the imagery of who Jesus is. Jesus is our high priest. Do we need, quote-unquote, other priests to absolve us? Yeah. 
of sins? Or do we need the high priest who is above all people to go to him directly and absolve us? And maybe be reminded of that um, absolution by maybe like a pastor or so to say. I know a lot of reform folk, reform folk proper, if you will, will do this in their liturgy where they remind, where they do that ab, uh, absolution of sin. But it's a more of a reminder of what Christ has done. And it's a reminder of that beauty and that work done through Jesus, not through people, but through Jesus, who's the high priest. So. Yeah, yeah, it's important to understand that that, that the, the practice of confessing our sins is still a very biblical practice to do. Yeah, right. The difference is we are not doing it to a priest or through any other individual other than Christ, mm-hmm. right? And we don't do it in order to be absolved, right? Because that absolution has already happened. Yeah, right. Um, there are very biblical reasons to Once confess and for all. Once as and for as the as the epistle of the Hebrews says as well too. So. Absolutely right. So what Martin Luther was when he basically was looking at the the atrocities that were happening during that day, and he because he was a learned man was able to read scripture, read and many he, languages. Yeah, and he compared, and he's like, wait a second. Yeah, these this isn't adding up. There's there's a there's a fox in the hen house. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, <laughs> but he was able to look at that and be like, "Wait, hold on." What the Bible says here is that salvation occurs through faith, by grace, in Christ alone, right? And you have to remember, up to this point, Martin Luther was one that was terrified, yeah, and terrorized over the fact that God is holy. Yep. And because he did not have the understanding of the absolution that happens through Christ, he was faced with the correct, uh, the, the, the correct conclusion mm-hmm. that he was damned, yeah. that he had zero hope, that all of the scourging that he would inflict on himself and the fasting and the confessing was not able to wipe away the stain of his sin. Because he had a correct understanding of how sinful he was, yeah, and he did not see God as this as this benevolent, loving father that the church portrayed him as, because the doctrine that they were giving alongside that was it was incorrect. Yeah, and he's looking at all of these efforts and his inability to do it, and it terrified him, and rightly so, because that's what we would still be if we were justified by the law. Yeah, I think there's a story about how Luther wore out his priest who was his, <laughs> who was the guy he was yep. confessing to because yep. he's like, am I doing this right? Am I hitting every note? Am I am I saying the things right? Like Luther was so obsessed with the fact that uh, he needed to do this a certain way and that if he didn't, like the wrath of God would come to him, you know? And And... He's correct. Sure, yeah. <laughs> That's the point of the law. Yeah. Is you need to follow every dot and every tittle. Yeah. In order to be justified by God. And yeah. he painstakingly tried to follow every dot, every tittle, make sure every T is crossed, every I is dotted, because he knew what the consequences were for not doing that. Yeah. Right? He had a correct understanding of his inability, right? Which is why one of the core tenets that came out of the Reformation that Luther and people, you know, and, and throughout throughout the entire Reformation, um, what they pointed to was it is through Christ alone 
solus Christus. It has to be through the person of Christ and no one else because nobody else is able to take on the weight of paying for the sins that I've committed. I think the uh, to kind of carry on from Solus Christus, we now go into Sola Scriptura, which right. is a very... A lot of people have, I think, characterized Sola Scriptura in a very non-reformational way. Okay, let's test that out a little bit. Okay, so Sola Scriptura is uh, by Scripture alone. Uh, right, so we would say by faith alone, through grace alone, through Christ alone, by Scripture alone. Scripture alone is the authority. Yep. So Scripture is the authority. I will say this: some people have made Scripture to be like this. Um, they are trying to find all the answers in Scripture. Sometimes, where sometimes the Bible is silent for some reasons, and we really have to look at Scripture and kind of what uh, a lot of pastors and theologians have said, uh, explore the whole counsel of God. Sure. The whole scripture, right? I think some people go to and say and kind of characterize or character Sola Scriptura as saying, well, you just look at the Bible and somehow magically all the answers to your life are just going to like pop up. You know, it's like Bible roulette or you know, just, you, just open the Bible and wherever it falls, like that's the verse for your day. Some you know? people start to get superstitious, and they don't characterize sola scriptura in the right way. In the sense where we're coming from, where God does use scripture, um, because He says He uses scripture. He says that uh, so He says that the scripture is God breathed, right? Yep. So God yep. is So God is saying something to us in the text that communicates to us our need for Jesus, our need for to be rooted in faith alone, by grace alone, through Christ alone, by the scripture alone. Um, and I think this goes back to our even our conversation about well, what what governs us, what helps us? Do confessions and councils help and guide us? To an extent, maybe, but not sure. like to they're the definitely extent. beneficial. They're beneficial, but I would say that Scripture is our ultimate authority that 100%. we go to, and that we ask the questions of, and that we're seeking, and that it gives us all the knowledge and wisdom. That whole counsel of God right. is governing us, not so much that we need to put our trust in men. I think this is this is a great psalm of what, what some of the psalmists have right. Do not put your trust in princes. Right, or chariots. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, this idea that the people of Israel uh, before, uh, you know, the Reformation, and even, you know, you look at Israel as like an example of, you know, they put their, their hope and their trust in all these government officials to kind of be their mediators. We only have one mediator, and that mediator is spoken of and written of through the text of scripture not only you have that but you also have that jesus is the word of god right incarnate yep so you have this kind of dualistic kind of thing going on uh in a sense with solus christus and sola scriptura there so 100 yeah 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 i usually explain it like this like if you're looking to the bible to tell you like what clothes you should wear that morning (laughs) it's not going to tell you that right but what yeah. scripture does give you is the template for life. It gives you the yeah. principles. It gives you the commands. It gives you the precepts. It shows you the heart of God, and yeah. it gives you 
the understanding of how to live a life that glorifies God. Yep. Right? That is what scripture does. And all of that is through the interpretation and through the help of the Holy Spirit. Yep. Right? Exactly. So when we talk about sola scriptura, what we are saying is that any decision that you make in life, how you view the world, how you go about um, making decisions, whether whether it is you know with church or with family or, or whatever it is, it's all done through the lens of Scripture. Is what does what are the precepts that I am told in Scripture, and you follow those, right? Again, it's not going to tell you like who to marry or or what clothes to wear or whether you should go out to eat that day or or not, right? But what it is saying is. Scripture is the barometer that you use. Mm-hmm. It is your authority. Yeah. When we look at, especially, and this is, this is again why we say we need a reformation today. Yeah. Is because there's, there's hardly anybody that's doing this. Yeah. Scripture has turned has turned into a you know a quaint book that you know we pull out on Sundays. Yeah. Instead of the authority in our life, right? That our lives are ruled by the by the law of God, yeah. by what He says in His Word, yeah. right? And in Martin Luther's day, the law was whatever the Pope said, yeah, it's whatever the priest said, and Luther's like, no, 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 Scripture, the Bible, the Word of God, is ad the fontes, only. ad fontes, go back to the sources, people, back to the source, hundred percent. Yeah, what does the Bible say? Yeah, right, and all of the answers that we could need for faith for life salvation practice right they are in scripture yeah right um and it is sufficient it's authoritative and it's inerrant right like we need to understand that about scripture that it is the final authority because it is the word of god there's nothing higher than the word of god breathed out that like there's nothing above that and because it is the word of god because it is authoritative it is also inerrant there's no errors within it we need to understand that the Bible has no errors, mm-hmm. and because of those two things, it is sufficient. It is sufficient for what we need. It is sufficient for us, and we need to have, I think, a much larger view of the scope of Scripture in our lives than I think a lot of people do. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, sola scriptura, right? It 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 comes through the Word of God. That is how it is revealed to us. How do we know? How sinful we are? Scripture. How do we know how to be saved and what that salvation process looks like? Scripture. Yeah. If I ha- if I'm looking in a culture in the culture that I live in, well, what do I think about this? What do I think about this? How do I make these decisions? Scripture. Yeah. That's your authority. Yeah. Right. And all this is done in our last and final solo, soli deo gloria for the glory of God alone. This is an interesting thing because I know this comes up in a lot of confessions as well too where it says, uh, in the Westminster, it says, uh, what is the chief end of man? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. Exactly. I was a catechized child. <laughs> I was not. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. There's nothing. There's nothing. Dude, you weren't a believer. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. No shame. <laughs> I mean, the covenant somehow. In the covenant. Uh, <laughs> in the covenant. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's, and this goes back to, you know, what happens in a lot of confessions that come out of the Reformation is uh, this idea that we do everything. And this is a very countercultural thing, too. Hugely. So, mind you, what we talked about in the context of uh, pre-Reformation, people are working, and they are not working as if 
They were working under the Lord, I would say. No, no, they were working under bondage and under the weight of the law. And so you don't have this idea of how... Uh, how these things are getting down into the the lay person, right? So now how is the lay person comprehending this? Oh, my work actually matters. Oh, like I'm doing this for the glory of God. Every time I, I go to work as a cobbler and make a shoe, I am doing this for the glory of God. Yes. Every time I'm out in the fields harvesting, planting, producing... I'm doing those for the glory of God. I am, I'm doing that work for God. You know, just as Scripture says, just as you, uh, just as you work, remember that do it heartily for the Lord, right? So, I mean, those are the ideas that I that I don't think people take this for granted now. Absolutely, but back yeah. then, you got to remember that the people did not think like this. There was a there was a big separation between official theology and lay life. Remember, and this idea that. We are working as if we were working towards the Lord. Did not go down to the common folk, and now this is a revel- This is this is a reformational idea. This is that we that our work not only matters to God, but it produces this kind of human flourishing for our community that glorifies God. I don't think that people had that idea back pre pre Reformation era because you're stuck in this chasm between the official theology of the Roman Catholic Church and you as the layperson. So And the the implications of the theology in the statement for the glory of God alone mm-hmm. is I think threefold. One, it is an immense blessing that now for the first time after we have been saved because of Jesus Christ being our mediator we have the ability to glorify God with our works whereas before Christ we did not have that ability because all of our works were like filthy rags yeah they were unacceptable in the eyes of a holy God now because of Jesus the work that you do, it's not unto salvation, it is because of salvation, right? And now for the first time, the striving and the work that you do is accepted and seen as beautiful, beautiful uh, um, gifts, uh, uh, what's the word, um, offerings, beautiful offerings, sweet incense to the Lord because Jesus Christ takes those works and he presents them to the Father through him. Yeah. That's one. Second, it is also a command that we as Christians should be striving in all of life and all of practice to do everything, not for our own gain, not for our own glory, not for our own prestige, but for the glory of God. Yeah. And the glory of God alone. Right. And that is that is a command and, and a it is a blessing that we get to do that. And it is also a a, a duty of the Christian yeah. to live your life in a way that glorifies God. Right, according to His Word, right. So the Scriptura, you see how they 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 interlock with each other, right? Yeah. And then third and finally, it is, I believe, a beautiful confession that all of salvation is done to bring God glory. Mm-hmm. It saves us, like we reap the complete and wonderful benefits of it. But ultimately, Jesus Christ saved us. The reason we are saved, the reason God looked at us and saw not sinners to be damned, but wayward sinners to be 
cleansed and redeemed and redeemed yeah. is for his glory yeah right so when you confess soli deo gloria to god alone be the glory we need to understand what that means yeah and the gravity of that statement and i think you're right that is something that i think is not often talked about enough in mm. definitely evangelicalism today but 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 even in some reformed churches do yeah. we truly understand the implications the real life implications of living soli deo gloria yeah no you're absolutely right i mean i think just just looking at those kind of precursors to the reformation it must have been mind blowing to sit oh, in, a, in, a, in a Reformation era church and to hear, man, my life matters. Yeah. My work Beca- matters? Because at that point in time, you were either a serf or a noble. There was no middle class. There's no in between, you know. And that that is a very countercultural idea and very biblical idea that comes out of Soli Deo Gloria that does kind of change the change the dynamic change the landscape of things not only that alone but then also the other previous four solas as we've gone over as well too so 100% man yeah so that is the reason so those are <laughs> those are the wondrous truths and and there's so many more right that that came out of the um out of the reformation like just 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 even even the the resurgence and the returning to uh uh, songs and the music that came out of the Reformation mm, yeah. and the way that we worship, the yeah. way that we view church, right? Uh, liturgical things. Like, there's so much good came out of the Reformation yeah. that we are benefiting from to this day, yeah. right? But ultimately, if we're going to sum up what did the Reformation accomplish, it was a returning to the core tenets of Christianity, yeah. of orthodoxy, of the gospel. Yep. This is what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. Right? And it is by faith alone, through grace, by Christ alone, revealed to us through scripture alone, for the glory of God alone. Yeah. Right? And, man, like, I... There there are very few things... Well, that's not true. That's not true. There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot that'll make me theologically nerd out. But I think near the top of the list is, is this. Yeah. Just because of how beautiful these truths are, man. Like... I, I love talking about this. <laughs> um, and the implications for the local church are huge. Yeah. Like massive, right? Yeah. Because it changes the way we worship. If we have the five solas in our head as we go through life, it changes the way we interact with our people. It changes the way we worship in our churches. Yeah. Changes the way we live and the way that we interact, too, with the leaders over us as well, too, versus back then. I cannot imagine a more... I think heart wrenching time in a local, in a, uh, yeah, a heart wrenching time in a local church. If we, if you had absenteeism at a local church, can you imagine going to a church and your pastor, quote unquote, and or priest, like has no clue who you are, and just like, hey, I said this little homily, you good now? We done. See you next week. That would be so, like, so lonely and just so like. I don't know. I would be spiritually starving for crying out loud. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So we, we, we as Christians, especially those in the Reformed faith, in, in, in the Reformed uh, 
Camps. Uh, camps, right? Yeah. We need to understand these. We need to cherish them. And we need to, we need to, I think, live these truths out in a much more practical way. Yeah. Because these truths are so practical. Like, like these are, these are, like, this is the gospel we're talking about here. <laughs> this is how do you live your life as a Christian? It's that level. It's, it's, it's of supreme importance. Yeah. Right. And that's why the Reformation happened. Right. So, Reformation Month, baby. I love it. I love it so much. I'm just thinking of times I just, uh, I just made Star Wars costumes. <laughs> Right. Dude, dude, I'm sorry, Josh. Dude, like, it's hard it's, for me. It's okay. It's hard to leave Babylon, Josh. It's, it's okay. okay, but hey, but but Jack, join me. Join me. <laughs> join me. There can be there can be a little reformation. Join me in your heart of October. October now will be Reformation Month for you. That's what it'll be, and it's amazing. It's so good. I'm going to be posting so much Archie Sproul stuff this this month. It's not even funny. Like, like I see, like I see an RC scroll video. People. Share, 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 <laughs> share. Oh, pedal baptism. Share. Oops. Uh, well, eh, you know, I ain't mad about it. It's share, share, share. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Not like our last visit. Remember? Don't baptize your babies. Oh, Josh. okay. I got a call. Yes, we got a friend who just yes. Don't baptize your babies. It was awesome. It was awesome. We've got a listener who we were, you know, I'm just going to say Wes. Yes. You know who you are, Wes. We love you. You're fantastic. And don't worry. I'm not going to baptize my babies, but I ain't mad that I'm, I ain't mad at people that do. <laughs> and I'm going to get a text from Wes when this episode drops. I know it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Anyway, Jack, get us out of here, man. All right. Folks, In Reformation if, style. Um, if you would like to hear more, um, five, more five uh, languages. If you want to hear yes. more five-ish Five-ish. More uh, episodes revolving around the number five. Do <laughs> I don't want to go into to num- numerology right now. Well, I please do not don't. want to be one of those please guys don't. in Let, Goat Dispy. Um, <laughs> look at, if, if, if you look at, you know, it's the Bible code. It's in oh, gosh, no. fives. No, no. Sevens, no, 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 threes, no, 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 no. and 3,000, <laughs> whatever it is, yeah. Twelve. Got to remember anyway, twelve. Anyway, if you want to hear more of our our kind of explanations and revelings over the five solas or other church history or works of the reformation this month you can follow us on the sociables if you will the facebook if it's not down for 24 hours yeah uh, it's not the worst thing the instagram if it's not co-opted with the facebook and is also down for another 24 hours or the tweaker that does tweak out but it's still kind of reliable in any case you can follow us on those social media platforms associables at our tag at reformatory pod josh do you have anything more for the lovely people i do ladies and gentlemen if you appreciate jack and i's attempts and our desire to increase and to promote not only five solas but also the centrality of the local church in the life of believers which is what this podcast is about we're all about the local church it's what we love it's what we live for um I mean, we ultimately live for Christ. I, I feel like that's okay. The reformed is coming out of me. Yes, we live soli deo gloria. And yeah. one of the main ways we do that is through the commitment and service to our local church. There. Am I covered? You have I kind of covered have yeah. I Have I covered it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you appreciate this focus that we have, you can join us on Patreon. We would greatly appreciate it. Um, and if you are to do so, uh, we, we, we vow to you. It's a Jephthah vow. Not to sacrifice the first thing that comes through our tent. But that your name shall be hallowed. Hallowed. Hallowed for the halls of this podcast. We greatly thank you for everyone that listens. Give us a like and review. If you're on iPhone, just scroll down. Just 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 scroll down. 
Give us uh, some five give stars. Us five stars. Five stars. Not for four. The five sol- for the five, five solas. stars. For the five solas. <laughs> Help us out, people. Come on. Come on. That's the best selling job we've done of that yet. We'd greatly appreciate it. Helps get the podcast out to more people. We thank you all so much for listening. Happy Reformation Month. And we will catch you on the next step of The Reformatory. Mm-hmm.